Welcome back, guys, to another episode of In the Zone. I am Chris Martelli, here with Giancarlo Alino and Anthony Pinello. And today we're actually going to start it off with some positive vibes, because who doesn't like positive vibes, positivity? You could ask the New Day. They love positivity. Uh, We're going to start with the Raps, because last night they absolutely obliterated Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte, we all know, is not a good team by any means. Their best player right now is probably P.J. Washington. And, like, yeah. That's rough. That just that says a lot. I was going to um, say Graham, so that's... That's yeah. probably worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Terry Rozier has not been the player they traded for. Remember, they traded Rozier one for one for Walker. That looks hilarious now, but... Let's just get let's get into the wraps. I know yesterday they had 132 points. I don't know if that's the most they've scored in a game this year, but that's a lot. And uh, what were you guys' thoughts overall on the game? I know OG got 24 in like 20 something minutes. Uh, he left the game again. Someone hit him in the eye again. Uh, but other than that, his shot selection was great. What, yeah, just what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, not the most high-profile game for the Raps. Uh, kind of a layup. Nothing against that other team there. But, uh, yeah, the big boys went to work pretty early, and then when the fourth quarter came, that was it was pretty much it. All the bench players came in, and it was a... Uh, if this is your first Raps game of the year, it was a great showing to kind of get to know everyone because everyone got in there and got to show their stuff. So Raps looked really good last night. Yeah, I liked OG, career high. He's going to keep that momentum going. Hollis Jefferson played really well. Surprising, he's starting to take it more seriously. Charlotte's just bad, so I don't know what to make of this. They should win this game, but if your team is like Michael Jordan, the owner, if he were to step on the court, he'd be their best player. So they got to improve a lot over there. I think uh, the one thing that I can see Charlotte doing to improve is LaMelo Ball because oh. they need – I, I they, they, for me they're like Ottawa with uh, with NHL with like with NBA like they have no good players so they're right there then they're awful yeah they're they're right there with with the Knicks they're right there with Cleveland bottom like they're even Orlando like Vucevic is not playing well Mo Bamba Mo bust sorry <laughs> I mean right now he's not playing he's been injured. Markel Fultz is actually playing really well. He might be their best player. That's a problem. So Orlando as well is right in that um, territory of being awful. But like you said yesterday, Siakam, he had an off night. 20 points didn't really, you know, he wasn't that much engaged. But, you know, you have Ibaka and Lowry injured. Um, Van Fleet even yesterday, 11 points. He wasn't that good. So I just got to ask you guys, um, a little scandal happened not too long ago, two days ago. Messiah Jury opened up to the media saying, yeah, we won the championship, but I'm not going to give the rings to JV, DeLon, and CJ Miles. Um, do you guys agree or do you guys disagree with this? See, uh, to me, this is an easy one. I don't know how anyone else's thoughts on this, but uh, I'm with him. Yeah. They simply just weren't on the team. I mean, <laughs> they did a lot for us. Like, they're very important to the franchise when you look back on uh, on their history. And, you know, I, I love JV. I pump his tires all the time. But, you, you know, the second half of the season, they weren't on the team. They didn't do anything in the playoffs. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So they should be cherished for what they were. But I am with Masai on this one. Yeah, because, okay, they were starting the year with them. They played the 40 games that they needed. So they were part of the team that won. But... You weren't in the playoffs, so you were on another team. So I don't know why you would want to ring if you didn't really even do anything. I mean, 
I love those guys. I love Siege. I mean, I love DeLon. I love JV. They were JV at least maybe I would have considered him. He's been on our team for a long time. And he played what, like more than half? Is there a rule you have to play 41 games or something with the team and then you get a ring? I don't know if that's – but DeLon, I love him. I think he's great. He's a great player. He's young. JV, though, I think he should have maybe got a ring. Uh, He's been on the team for a long time. I think I would kind of just give it to him for respect. You know, he's been here. He's grown. Again, like your point is perfect. Like they weren't there when (laughs) when the playoffs weren't on the team. It makes sense. But – We've seen guys get rings and they barely played in the playoffs. Like I've heard guys get rings, they played like two minutes. Didn't Verajao get a ring? Verajao, Scalabrini, like these guys have rings and they barely played. So I I don't like JV. Like I, when he brought it up and he was kind of frustrated, I don't blame him. But guys like CJ Miles, like no, okay, they don't need rings. Like he I came, think, uh, didn't do much. I, I don't know why this is a rule, honestly. I don't either, but it, it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Like if you get traded, you're not. I don't know why you would get something if they kept going. Like it just. This doesn't happen in hockey, does it? No. If you get traded, like, like, like uh, a Duchesne type thing. Like let's say they won the cup. Yeah. Like do you think? Or no? Let okay. What? How am I trying to put this? That's yeah. Like if Duchesne. Like who did St. Louis? If Duchesne were to go to Columbus and they won the cup. Is that? Is that right? <laughs> then would you give Ottawa? <laughs> Marion Gabrick? Would he get a ring if Phaneuf won with LA? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, no, okay. It's like if uh, they traded Kopitar mm-hmm. and the Kings won the cup, like yeah. this year. And then you give Kopitar. Yeah, it's like, do you, do, you, no. do you not give it to him? Do you give it? So, no, right? I'm, I assume they would not. But he yeah, that's. back and say he's been an amazing player. He's did a lot for our franchise, but he wasn't on our team when we won the cup. <laughs> So you don't get a ring. It's like there's to a me, reason. it's very simple. There's a trade deadline for a reason. That's just the day that you can make trades up until you're not on the team after that. You're not on the team. <laughs> you I weren't mean, on the team that it's won. It's nice that they think of those players and they recognize what they've done for the franchise, but that's the bottom line for us. Yeah, yeah no, I agree with that. It's kind of it is a dumb rule. It's yeah. Like you're not even on the team. Why why are you getting a ring for? I'll give you a video tribute when you come back. That sounds that sounds better. That's. <laughs> But, yeah, we'll talk again uh, a little bit more about last night. OG, again, like you guys said, career highs. Um, we've seen his defensive game kind of blossom. That's what he's been known for. But what do you guys think with uh, OG's offensive ceiling? Like, what do you guys think it is? Because, like, there's Siakam. He's improved his shot. He's turned to the primary scorer. Further down the line, can you guys see OG as, like, a secondary scorer, primary scorer? Or is he more of just, like, that role player with the raps? I think he could be the guy of the yeah. Raptors. Because remember last year, he was way above uh, Siakam on the depth chart. Uh, San Antonio wanted him first, and the Raptors said no. Then they tried getting Siakam, and they said no, and they Pirtle. got Pirtle. So that's what uh, it goes to show what they thought of OG and Anobi last year. And you saw what he did in his first season with the Raptors, his first playoff run. I think last year just injuries played a role and slowed down his development, but I think he's just as good as Siakam. See, I let you go first because I was so confident in my answer. I'm 100% with him. I think he could be the best player on this team. Nice. I just think you look at OG's career. He's gone through a lot of adversity. Oh, a lot like of he, problems, yeah. His draft, he missed his, basically his entire draft year when he blew out his, his knee. Uh, yeah, I think, then, he, I think he had. Didn't he also have a sickness? I, I don't yeah. remember. So he's he had surgery, to, though, for sure. Like, so. as a young man, he's had to overcome a lot. And even last year, he had to deal with a lot. And Personal, he comes yeah. into the lineup and he's in the starting lineup off of a championship victory and he's he's saying all the buzz that we've been talking about he just continues to top that so 
The guy's a double-double machine right now, and I think he's going to be a key uh... exit. But a lot of people didn't realize that with Kawhi's exit would emerge OG Ananobi as a starter. And I think that is very exciting to look at, especially coming off the year we just had. We just won the championship. Everyone's like, oh, are the Raptors in a rebuild? Are they still contenders? Are they still considered favorites? Like there's really no label on the Raptors right now. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win at all. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to miss the playoffs because they're, they're definitely not. They're nine and four. They're looking solid even with injuries. Um, but yeah, OG Ananobi guys like this guy, even with steals blocks, his IQ is there. He's not the most vocal player, but he knows exactly where to be at all times. And this guy's definitely going to be a star. I agree with you guys, but moving from OG, we're going to move to the bench. Um, I know that last year, actually the last couple of years, the Raps have been known for our bench. You know, guys like Van Fleet, Abaka over the years, you know, coming off the bench. Bismack a couple of years back, you know, he would come off the bench, you know, he'd hype up the crowd. But out of all the guys that we saw yesterday and over, like as the season's kind of gone on, who's one guy off the bench that you've been impressed with the most? It's a tough one. Uh, Chris Boucher, probably. Yeah. I think uh, they're just continuing that development in the G League. Uh, with Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, uh, playing some uh, time down there. But everyone who seems to come up from that program, Raptors 905, ends up being amazing when they go to the show. So they go Chris Boucher. With Boucher, I see a little bit of Bismack with like a little bit more of an offensive touch. That's exactly it. That's, okay. That's, uh, that's dead on. <laughs> I'll, give, uh, I'll give Davis some love. He, kinda <laughs> he only played maybe 15 minutes yesterday. He was... The game was pretty much over, but, you know, he, he got a chance to get out there and show his stuff. He had a few threes. He got 16 points and barely any time. So, yeah, the bench has been solid so far. Do you believe this bench can produce on, like, a nightly basis? Like, do you think us as a fan base, do you think we should be worried with this bench, or do you think we should be confident? I think we should be confident. I don't know if they'll maintain the, the numbers that they started off with in the season, but, you know, I would have confidence with this group, especially with, you know, Hollis Jefferson and Boucher going forward. Nice. Okay, because remember two years ago when we would always face the Cavs in the in the playoffs, and it's like, oh yeah, you know the the Raptors they're facing LeBron. LeBron has their number, but the bench could help them carry. And then last year we saw finally we all glued together, you know, with obviously with Kawhi that that's going to add some you know star power, and you're going to win it all. But this bench to me, I think, is one of the more underrated benches in the league. You have Matt Thomas who can shoot lights out you have davis who can shoot lights out i don't even know if powell's considered a bench player because he's like off and on he has that he has that spark chris boucher's a freak any chance he wants to shoot he'll shoot um another guy that just got hurt you know pat mccaw you know he's out for a long time so guys like davis and thomas i think are now going to get a little more time but yeah i think the most excited player for me is probably hollis jefferson because he came in this season and no one had any idea why he just left Brooklyn. Like, I, was, I remember when I saw him, like, leave, and I saw that the Raps had him, I'm like, Hollis Jefferson? This guy's solid. Why is he not playing? And then Alino's like, oh, yeah, he's not trying. And preseason, you know, Masai's kind of easing him in. But I think Hollis Jefferson coming off the bench after, like, a guy like a Gasol, a Baca, that's deadly. So, I don't know. I think this Raps team is uh, – still like very underrated like people are just looking at this team and they're like yeah there's a lot of holes there's not that star player and 
I just think a lot of teams are taking us for granted. And I'm warning you guys now, Siakam is very dangerous. It's a great player. You just look at the line. It's not the sexiest team on paper, but every player on this team has a specific role. And they're one of the better defensive teams in the league. And everyone in the rotation is just used to their full potential. And, uh, yeah, watching this team go out there and do its thing, it's I think they're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. They really are. It's just one of those as well. Like, you look at the teams. I've been saying for two years now, ever since DeRozan got dealt, I'm like, hey, is Kyle Lowry going to slow down? And he just keeps getting better. He keeps, you know, generating more charge, more blocking charge fouls. He His, sh- his three-point shot is he's probably a top 20 shooter in the game. Same with Van Fleet. He's right there. So this Raps team is unreal. But if there's one question I have to ask before we stop with this, with the Raps, do you guys see us trading any key rotation players before the deadline? Like we have like, you know, just for maybe like salary dump, you know, we all know Abaka Gasol, they're making a lot of money. Do you guys see the Raps dealing any of those guys? Mark Gasol. I think they've been trying ever since he opted in because he's not going to make Why not? Like just like Powell Millsap, mil. yeah. 35 mil. You're going to opt in any day. So I think they're trying to like maybe at the deadline see if any team wants to offer a young player. I think they'll just take that salary dump and go in the playoffs with what they have. But that'd be one player I think they could get some value out of. Is there any chance they'd extend him for another year? No. <laughs> they think there's any hope? I have no idea. But uh, I think the one like one position the, the Raps need to target is a small forward. And I, I, I don't know. Like I, I've been hearing rumors that we may be trading Ibaka for Wiggins. But, I mean, th- this was the Wiggins that was supposed to be like two years ago. The Wiggins right now is not on the same trade value as Serge Ibaka. Because uh, Wiggins right now is balling the F out. But between Serge and Mark, would, uh, would Mark be the one likely to go? I think Serge would get the bigger return. Oh, okay. But but Mark... Because of age, probably. Yeah, yeah but Mark is probably the more star-powered player, is if that makes sense. Abaka, though, will get you more, I think. He's 30, and Gasol's already 34, 35. But like, even Gasol this year, like he's averaging, what, six points a game? He's it's, His offense is really tailed off he did pick up nine dimes last night (laughs) i know he's shooting 41 percent from three but that's because he's barely shooting from three and yeah man like he two years ago he was averaging 17 points a game now he's averaging six so this is when you got to start asking you know should we trade him should we bench him should we do the load management with him like that's when you got to start asking so Boucher and Hollis Jefferson off the bench, I think it's a blessing, especially finding a guy like a Chris Boucher where he was on the Warriors last year, believe that or not, or two years ago, doing nothing. And then the Raps are just like, yeah, just come. Just come, just come. We'll, get, we'll get Boucher and McCaw, just come. Come here. We'll, we'll take care of you. And this guy, you know, he's shooting threes. I think the one game I watched, he was on for nine minutes, four of seven from three. Damn. Like he just had the ball and just shot it. Like any, any chance he got – but uh, to end this Raptors segment, where do you guys have them finishing in the East? Second. Second or third, just after the the Bucks or maybe the 76 So it's safe to say that we were overrating the Sixers at the start of the season. It is very possible. Because they have had a rough start. But now moving on to more depressing times. The Leafs have lost five straight games. They have not really done a whole lot with the effing lineup. 
Mike Babcock, he's very old school. But this is the this is a very basic question I'm going to ask you guys. Can the Maple Leafs dig themselves out of this hole? Uh, yeah, but it's got to happen like today. Because uh, you hear it all the time. You can't make the playoffs in October, but you can miss it. And the way the Leafs are playing, they're on pace to miss the playoffs. So if they if they uh, if they roll into December with maybe a borderline 500 record, that can put them into the, into some problems. So yeah, I think they need to readjust their lineup. Babcock's got to look at the minors and see. A lot of these guys can help us out. It's about giving them opportunity. And not just throwing out the same line over and over again, hoping it's going to get better. Maybe he'll turn around. Or he'll see himself out the door. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I don't really know what to say with this Leafs team. They're probably the most, like, you you guys all know Steve Dangle. You guys probably watch his videos. I don't think I've ever seen him more frustrated, ever. Like, remember, like, a couple years ago when the Leafs would be losing 9-2 and he'd be yelling at at the screen? Like, that was expected because they sucked. But the Leafs now, they don't suck. You look at this team, they're a sexy team. They're skilled. Why the hell are you not winning? Why are you losing 5-4 every game? Why are you ranked, like, 25th in the league on the power play? These are all questions I need to ask. Are we that high? We, I think we have three power play goals in the last 15 games. Which is just, I can go on and on about stats. Like we could talk about how Tyson Berry's on pace to get like 30 points. It's just, it's not been fun. I'm not trying to blame Babcock. I'm not saying it's all his fault. I'm just saying we need adjustments. Like Alino said, we need to, we need to separate that Matthews Nylander Janssen line and that Riley CC pairing ASAP, please. Cause CC does not deserve to face the best competition on a nightly basis. Is it safe to say? Is, is that fair to say? Yep. I don't think he's good at all. Um, Riley's been awful defensively this year. Not his fault. Again, a lot of the flack is always going to go on Morgan Riley because guess what? He's playing 27 minutes a night. Um, Austin Matthews, though, has been an absolute freak this year. He's been getting points left, right, and center. And then there's players like Kapanen and players like Mikheyev. And players like Kerfoot, who have just, when I watch them, they just frustrate the hell out of me because they do nothing. <laughs> like, I think it was in early October when we were ranting and raving about Mikheyev. I think I told you when we watched the game last week, I haven't heard his name on the score sheet like in like a month. He's pulling a par Lindholm right now. I Like, no points, no tur- like no, no, give- no takeaways, nothing. He's not generating shit. So... I think all we need to do to start is just look in the mirror, you know, and just readjust the lineups. Because I think Zach Hyman, love him, should not be playing 20 minutes already. Because he's, uh, he's, he's good. He's a good. He's a good hockey player. He's a good hockey player. But 20 minutes already, too much. Am I, too much. It's uh, yeah. It's not going to help now because Kerfoot and Trevor Moore just got injured. So. Zach well, they're not. They're not gonna. Time. They're not gonna put Spezza in the lineup. Why, oh, why would you would do, they that? do that? Yeah. Veteran. Yeah. Why would you? <laughs> Just that, had like sixty points two years ago. But <laughs> I was gonna say, guys, after this five-game losing skid, is it safe to say that we should be considering? Uh, I'm never gonna fire him. 
But, you know, he could just be saying that. I think, personally, as a Leaf fan, I'm voicing my frustrations right now. If they don't win two of the next three games, I'm firing Mike Babcock. Uh, I understand that people want to rip Babs. I just want to throw one thing out there. He's not the guy that put this team together. Now, as much as everyone loves Kyle Dubas, I think it's time that just a little bit of the blame, just a little, can kind of shift to his side. Yeah. It's like if you build a team with nine players who play the exact same way, I think you kind of know what you're in for. And that's kind of his fault. And then you give Babs, who's the complete opposite of probably what Kyle Dubas is, and say, this is the team. Do something with it. What the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> uh, we don't have enough Hymans. No. <laughs> Where the hell's a uh, Korshkov? I want him up now. First line. That's another thing. Why have they not brought this guy up? Korshkov? Yeah, like they're saying he's a big guy. he's a big Russian 6'3". He's, he's a monster. He's killing guys in the A right now. Maybe Why don't you bring him up? Just bring him up. Maybe, One game. Uh, maybe he needs some seasoning down there because he is uh, he's raw talent. I don't know. For me right now, seasoning doesn't mean shit. We're lo- we've lost five games in a row. Fucking do something. Yeah, but then you fall into the trap of, oh, this guy's hot shit for two weeks in the AHL. Let's bring him up and rush him too soon and kill his confidence and then send him back down and never call him back up again. But that's what they did, though. So if you're Igor Korshkov, They did that with Nick Batan right now. <laughs> yeah, but Nick Batan's 22, 23. He's been, he's been a pro for a few years. Korshkov just coming over from the KHL, barely playing. I think a year, maybe two in the AHL of some seasoning, and then you can call him up into the the NHL after that. But I just think we need to yeah, we need to trade. Guys. We need we need we need to do something. Here. As long as like they don't just call up like Bracco and Korshkov and the the core guys of the because the AHL team is a very good team. Oh, we are. They're a fucking dynasty down there, and they have been for years. <laughs> don't just call them all up and be like fix all their problems because that's not going to work. They're going to get eaten alive. <laughs> so unless they make a trade or change management or something, that's that's probably the way they should go. Don't ruin the Marlins. And in also the with like the Leafs, if you fire Babcock, Dupas is going to get his buddy Sheldon. Sheldon Keith to come up. The two guys that love each other. Oh, you can go and coach the Leafs. We're going to make this team together, and then then you, it's a disaster because then the players can't go voice their frustration. Sheldon Keith is pretty much uh, it's job safe forever until Dupas were to get fired, and that probably won't happen now. But I don't know. Dubas I can't believe I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I, you guys are gonna laugh. I can't believe I'm saying this. Where is Brian Burke when you need him? Oh, truculence. He's spitting facts on Sportsnet. That's what he's doing. Oh, Did Korshkov come up? Send Shore down waivers. Bring <laughs> Igor up there. Him and Mikheyev and Freddie the Goat have those three monsters on one line and just do work. I love how our best face-off guys are all on one line. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it would actually. I think it would. Uh, I would dr- I would bring down Timoshov. Yeah, he was I, scratched last. Game. I think I would. I think I would bring up like a Korshkov. Just one game. Just see how it if it pans out. It pan like look what they've done with Gauthier for four years now. Put him in the lineup. Okay, yeah, you're <laughs> you barely provide any offense at all. But you're gonna go out there and just play D. I know Korshkov barely played in North America, but. Man, I don't know. It's getting to that point where I'm looking at the team. It's like, fuck, you're not playing Spezza. That's uh, already a hole. Nick Shore played in the K last year. Completely different now, but he's probably been our best player on the fourth line. Him and Gauthier have been solid down there. That's why, like, I don't know what they're going to do when, like, they brought up Engvale. I know he has, I think, 12 points in, like, nine games in the A, but 
really, what the hell is his role coming up, Angvale? Like, really, look at him. Like, he's on the fourth line, probably going to play eight minutes. Like, uh, I don't really know. They're not really doing much changes. And I just feel like Dubas, I know he's more the skilled type. He's a skilled-minded GM. Look at John, look at Chaika. I feel like he's the same thing that Dubas is, but he's fucking putting it together in fucking Arizona. Oh, that team is well-structured. They That's are. a different story over there. Yeah, though. I mean, they have the better D. I mean, they have the more, like, they have the Goligoskis and the, the, the Jarmelsons, but that guy's injured, so... It's like what I said about the Raps. Like, you look at them on paper, and it's like, no shot. And then you play against them, and it's like they suffocate you, and they're a very good team, and they'll win every game, like, fucking 2-1. I mean, yeah, you can make fun of Derek Stepan, but he's a he's a big part of that team. Fuck. Maybe the Leafs should uh, throw a, an odd move. How about you send CeCe's ass to the minors? No one's going to pick him up. And then you bring up Ben Harper since they need that truculence. Well, I saw today that Marinson's the extra D, so. It's a big move for Babs to do that. <laughs> I just feel like at this point in time, you have to maybe put CeCe on, like, the third pairing or second pair. Just mix it up. Put, like, Hall with... Muzzin maybe, because Hall's Ooh. been pretty good lately. I don't know. Hall's look pretty solid for me. Here's the thing with Hall, though. Do you think on the third pairing that's just where he fits, or do you think he can handle more of a workload? Because I think on the third pairing, getting like 14 minutes a night is like his ceiling. But like he can... I don't know, because like, when we watched the game against the Isles, I'm pretty sure he played 18 minutes, because uh, I don't remember who got hurt that game. Someone got hurt. I think it was Dermot was fresh or something. He came back and... I don't know, man. Halls looked really good for me. I know, like, yeah, he's playing 14 minutes consistently, not over, like, 18. But why not just try it out one game? Like, put him with Muzzin, see see how it goes. If it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, then you could just plug Barry in there again. But you got to change. I think you got to switch Barry and CeCe because they're both <laughs> – they're struggling bad, both of them. So I, I think Barry, he needs – who's Barry with right now? Is it Muzzin? It's been Muzzin all year. Yeah. So Muzzin with Riley and Barry with... Uh, with Dermot, maybe? Yeah. I wouldn't put him with CC. That's a disaster. I don't think I'd put Barry with Dermot either, though. <laughs> I just Something's got to give with Barry, too, because, like, this was the huge off-season acquisition. This was. was this gonna, is what we were all saying, like, last year. And like We needed a D. You get a bit enough. We know what kind of player he is, but a right-handed defenseman and fits into our system, and you think it's just going to mesh perfectly, and nothing's meshing at all. Do, do you remember how hype we were when we got Muzzin? Yeah. I was, like, so hype. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to have this type of D in the playoffs? Let's fucking go. We got Muzzin and Tavares now? Fuck yeah. Nothing. I still – I think Muzzin's been our best defenseman, like, for, for the kind of things I mean, that he's, he does. I mean, he's probably been the best D on our team. You don't have to get the puck end-to-end and schmangle everyone. He, he just does his job very well. I was, even, I was even saying the other day, like, Hall, he continues to impress me. I didn't think he'd be on the team. He was he was scratched up was seventy two yeah. is that the number seventy two games last year yeah like I just didn't see him making the team and now he's just he's outplayed Marinson um, is there any point in time you guys bring up Sandine or Logan or is that completely out of the question now I think we for Sandine I think we saw that at the start of the year and they may want to let him have a full year of seasoning down there but. Logren the same. If they're going to bring anyone up, it might be a veteran guy like a Marinson just to fill fill the spot and eat up minutes. I don't think they're going to pick apart some of the young guys and ruin some of the chemistry down there. Schmaltz and Harper, that's what we got to do. 
Get the slow guys up there. He, he, he's actually... That baffled me, too, actually, how we haven't called him up. Harper? Schmaltz. Oh. <laughs> he's always been a bubble player on St. Louis with that type of D. Why the hell is he not on our team? The right-handed D. Like, he, yeah. he was battling with guys like Dunn and Bortuzzo, like, all year last year with St. Louis. And you're telling me like, you're not even going to give him a chance to battle with guys like Marinson and Hall? Like, that's what I don't know. I feel like Schmaltz should at least be with the Leafs, at least. That's my opinion. I don't know. That's my opinion. Because he's been with the Blues the last two, three years. He's a first-rounder, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's buzz. That is. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were rambling quite a bit there. But I just want one thing before we kind of end it. What aspect of this team has disappointed you the most? You mean by aspect? I don't know, like offense, anything, D, uh, goaltending, oh, coaching, uh, like they're, anything. They're man. fucking power play. But that's kind of an easy one just because. It is, yeah, but no, but it has to be mentioned because they suck. Yeah. And I mean, how do they suck? It's, it's weird because like, there's no structure. Uh, like the, Riley will get it and they'll drop it. For, yeah, why do they drop that? No one really can enter the zone. And then once they do get set up, I for me, it's Riley on the point there as much as I love him. It's, he doesn't have a threatening shot. Like, no one really sees Mo as a threat. Like, how Keith Yando plays it in Florida, that's how Riley should emulate his game on the power play. I don't want to see you winding up and fanning on clappers because that's not your game. That's why, like, if Tyson Berry were, if they were to do that quick switch there, I think that would go a long way for them because the power play's a mess right now. Oh, my God. I think management. Just <laughs> Shanahan, Dubas, like, there's no, like, clear anything like Duba sometimes with his decision making like you gotta believe what you're saying there you can't be like a mark type of thing and going oh it's, it's all fine Tavares we like him it's gonna maybe get a point here and there he mentions that a lot actually yeah. like morale like more than anything I don't know if you've noticed that with Dubas yeah he, o- he only talks about morale for the most part be like yeah you know what like, I've always had faith in Babs so like why don't I now it's like, I, that's not the question I asked you. The question I asked play. is, yeah. where are we going to improve? I'm not talking about Babcock. Like, where, where? You just got to come out and say we have to improve this, this, and this. Yeah. Like, you don't have to dance around it. It's yeah, he, there. Yeah. Talk about everyone's emotions. Like, no one gives a shit. Just tell us how we're going to win. <laughs> I don't care if they hate each other, like each other. Let's just get a W. I think the Leafs need Michael Furland. I think they need Brian Burke. I, th- I, I think it's I think it's getting to the point now where Lee fans just start making signs, be like Michael Furland, where are you? Please, we need you. I just think, honestly, I think it's just the structure of the team because you look at the players and like they're all good players. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense that they're all like you watch Matthews and Nylander sometimes, and it looks like they just get shoved off the puck like they're twelve-year-old kids, and like that's not their game. Like, there's so, everyone on this team is a solid player. It's just the way everything is set up. They play a solid 40 minutes of hockey, and then it's, okay, let's go score a goal. Let's go out there and cherry pick and not give a shit about defense. That's when coaching comes into play. How do you think they can improve their defensive games, though? Players, like, of that caliber. Because Dubas built this team around skill. Offense, we all know for a fact, that will never win you shit. It will never win you anything. I don't care who you are. Look at the Kings. Like, you're telling me the Kings would win two Stanley Cups in 2011 and 2014. I'm looking at those teams. Are you serious? Kopitar, Dustin Brown led the playoffs in scoring. I'm sorry. Offense doesn't win you shit. 
It doesn't. Look it's at Bennington not. this year. Petrangelo, Parike. You need guys like that on your team. Barry, Lilgren, like Dermott. Like these guys are not going to do it. I mean, like every uh, player has an individual skill set, but at a certain point, you have to get out of your comfort zone and learn certain things in order to get the job done. And so far, a lot of guys on this team are, it looks like they're not willing to do that. It's just like we were, like, again, I'm talking about like the signings. We were so happy when we signed Janssen, Neeland, or Kapanen. We signed all these guys. But the one guy that we needed to keep was Connor Brown, and he's not here. How is he doing right now? 15 points in Ottawa. 15 points in Ottawa. Solid. Like there, like that's what frustrates me most. Is seeing a guy like him leave, walk, and do that well, and guys like Janssen, who are supposed to be getting like 60 points, like they're just not meshing with what they have. And when you're a coach, a man, like a manager, when you see that, that's when changes should be happening. And guess what? We haven't seen a change yet. They've lost four, five straight now. C.C. Riley, C.C. Riley. They open every game. Why are you opening every game with C.C. and – okay, I, like, I mean, Zaitsev is not a great defenseman. He's not – by any means, he's not a great defenseman. But God damn it, C.C. is not that much better than Zaitsev. If any if, – I don't even think he's better than Zaitsev. You can argue it now because Zaitsev's – he's doing better now than he was last year. I'll say that. <laughs> It just it pains to see me with like guys like Brown leave and just like wh- where do you think Brown would be in the lineup right now if he was on this team fourth line yeah, yeah. probably fourth line doing nothing right yeah. yeah so to me I think I agree more with this guy I think it's more management now at this point you gotta fucking gotta raise your socks up Dubis you gotta actually I think you gotta go out there and make a trade you gotta grow some balls now <laughs> I think it's gone to that point yeah I'm getting vocal man I don't care like are you going full panic mode. Are you trading a star player to get back a star? I'm not. Key? I'm not trading a star player, but I'm trying. Like I'm gonna, literally going to sit down with guys like Janssen, Kapanen, like those guys, and be like, "Listen, any day now you could be traded. Go out there and make a difference every shift. Just like I would just, you know, I'd warn them. Be like, just go out there and fucking play like you can. Yeah, those are the two I think would be like odd ones, though. But that's what frustrates me. We've been talking about those two all year being traded. Elevate your trade value somehow. Because right now, Janssen has no trade value. Do you trade Barry? Because that's been a guy that's been talked about. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you even get? He's making two mil. Like, maybe he can be valuable to a playoff team in the West. But What were we saying Canada Day when they made that trade? What were we saying? Remember? We were laughing. We were thrilled. <laughs> and now it looks like we might have lost that trade. Mainly because they retained salary, which just fucking blew my mind. Yeah. I'm like, why would they help us out like that? They got Kadri, we got Kerfoot. But uh, Barry was in a situation in Colorado where he ran the power play with McKinnon. Now he is on the second unit, and the way Colorado would use him, Barry would go down. So you see Buddy get 60 points last year, and he's kind of a non-factor this year. It's all new both sides, so I would definitely do that. I mean, yeah, at that point, Barry, I think... Like, I, even two days ago when I got the update, oh, teams are calling for Barry. I don't blame them. 
they're probably looking at this guy like poor guy. He has six points, no goals. Like they're not fucking. This guy's not meshing well on this team at all. Like you see in the very first game against Ottawa when he did that spin around. Yeah, that looked. Yeah. Oh my god. That's the kind of guy Tyson Berry is. He's very electric, and you'll make you go, "Why the fuck are you doing that?" At certain times, because he's a high risk kind of player, and he's just, he's he's playing like a five six D. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just not good enough. But man, wow, we talked a lot about that. Um, hopefully, they can make the playoffs. Hopefully they don't face Boston, and uh, hopefully uh, we could also get a backup goaltender because, wow, Hutchison, god awful. Um, you know what though? Do you really blame him, or do you blame the, no, the I situation don't. that they always throw these guys in? It's getting it gets to the point though where you use that excuse so many times, and it. it Okay, the Kaskasuo performance, that is 100% on the players. That is not on him. They just but, hang in. But that one Blackhawk game, I don't know. I think it was a mix of both, but that game when I watched him, Jesus Christ. Okay, this is this is what I don't like about Babs. If you have a, a goalie in Freddie Anderson who plays 65 games anyways, why don't play him on a back-to-back? If you're a true number one and you're going to go the length in a full season and win the Stanley Cup, and that's your guy, why the fuck can't he play two days in a row? Why do you have to throw the backup in on a back-to-back when the other team had a three-day rest and the other team's tired in front of you and they stopped giving a shit halfway through? Yeah. Put Freddie in. Who cares? And he always plays him on the first of the back-to-back. He doesn't even shy away from it. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going to play the first night. He probably didn't throw he- a... A curveball and say, oh, he's playing the second It's like night. you're off the next three days anyways. Why not grind it out for two days in a row? He probably didn't even ask uh, Kaskasuo how you were, like in a mental st- – he probably didn't even ask. He's like, yeah, you're, you're, you just, you're in. You know, it's a back-to-back. You're going in. Yeah, you know, right? You're going in. That's it. I guarantee you that's how it was. Probably looked at it. He's like, okay, yeah, Freddie played yesterday. I'm probably just going to sit here quiet. You know, I'm just going to sit here. Well, yeah, you're in tonight. That's literally <laughs> probably it. That's probably the communication at this point because everyone looks frustrated with everybody. John Tavares – I've never seen him slash. A, uh, I've never seen him break a stick in my life, and this guy's slamming sticks over nets. Like, it's frustrating right now in in Toronto. But if there's one backup we can try and get, and I say try, because I don't want to sign anybody. <laughs> who do you think it would be? That's a tough one. Because like backups now are actually I can't even afford one. They're not exactly teams aren't exactly giving them away. No. <laughs> Fuck. It's an important position. Oh, jeez. No. Jonas Hiller. You look at what McElhenney did last year. How the hell did he pull that off? Would he have a 930 save? I was watching, yeah, I was watching uh, Steve's video on the last game. And the guy was put in the worst positions, but he would still manage to get the win. And then you throw in Sparks and Kaskasuo and Hutchison, and it's brutal. So... Yeah, you should have you should have kept him. You should have kept Kadri. You should have kept Brown. Even Pickard when he was on the team, and they got rid of him. Damn. Oh man, he was solid. So you look at what Curtis did. <laughs> what a legend. Still, like I'm looking back at the team, and I still would have gotten rid of Janssen before Brown. Yeah. 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 Those are role players you need on your team to win. I've been saying that for years. Like when Connor Brown got that that. Playoff clinching goal against the, the the Penguins, and McElhaney made that playoff clinching save against I'm Sidney Crosby. Why the fuck are they not on the team right now? Like, I don't know. I don't. I, I really don't understand it. Like, I know there's guys like Trevor Moore that scratch, and you know they're great and they make the teams, and Nick Shore and who Jason Spezza comes to the team, but like, 
Shouldn't have let Connor Brown go. Shouldn't have let McElhaney go. Um, I'm just going to give Cascasuo the benefit of the doubt that he's not going to be like a Sparks. I am giving him a pass for the year. That's that's <laughs> what I mean. Like I'm going to see how Cascasuo does because right now there's no confidence on any player on this team except the one guy is probably Matthews because he's well over a point a game right now. I still think there's a... I mean, you look at it on paper, and sure, it looks nice, but there are several more gears to that guy's game. Oh, yeah. But that's it. That's probably it for the Leafs. I don't want to go too long with the Leafs because I'm going to start yelling even more. But uh, we're going to move to some, you know, not positive, negative. We're just going to go to the ring. This is the, my favorite part, usually, of our podcast because, you know, it's kind of more re- – it's relaxing. Look at that smile on you. Yeah. You know, it's uh, – <laughs> Look at that good Canadian smile. Like, let's go. So I just want to start off by talking about, um, you know, NXT war games because, you know, NXT's Triple H and, you know, he always has to be a part of it. But NXT war games and overall, I think this weekend for me is more revolved around NXT than any other brand. So for me, this is, I think, the weekend where NXT needs to thrive. And um, I think, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, this is his first pay-per-view back in what like a year it's been it's been quite a while so i think this is definitely going to be hyped gargano unfortunately is injured velveteen i think is injured but i think they're gonna they're gonna leave it for a surprise but are you guys overall excited for war games i know it's it's kind of uh hard to keep up with AEW, nxt all these shows but are you guys overall excited well every uh, event that nxt puts out is usually stellar so war games will be no different <laughs> well right now there's only three matches confirmed which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but um, I just want to start off. You guys, singles match. I think NXT's putting them in a, themselves in a corner here with this one. Matt Riddle, one of the hottest uh, baby faces in NXT over the last year. He's actually gotten so much better. Oh, my God. And then there's Finn Balor, who in uh, January, we all know he uh, faced uh, Brock Lesnar. And then uh, SummerSlam, he lost to The Fiend. And then after that, he turned heel and uh, went to NXT. It's safe to say that Finn gets his first NXT, uh, you know, win since uh, since way back, like 2015. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, I'd say we're we're seeing a new side of Finn, but this is this is the Finn Balor that everyone knows and love, and everyone fell in love with him before he came to WWE and NXT, and just change his name. Now he's <laughs> just change it. Yeah, he's he's going back to his bread and butter, and uh, him and Riddle, it's. It's very intriguing. Oh, I'm man. excited to see this match. So, yeah, it should be good. I think Finn needs it more than Riddle. I think Riddle, if he loses, you can still do something with him. But Finn Balor, especially the year he's had, ups and downs. Then that match with Bobby Lashley where he kind of like beats him in five minutes. And then where did it go from there? Just downhill. And uh, the Fiend got squashed. So I think this is a way to get a big win and put him right back on track. Do you guys see him like... By January, because we were saying the last January he could potentially win it. Do you guys have any faith in him winning it this time around? It fit in the Rumble? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, I think this year's a little different because we're seeing more of a buzz from NXT. They're being involved in Survivor Series. So if yeah. they can continue that, uh, you know, that role over the next couple months, they'll play a big factor into the Rumble. And, yeah, Finn, he would be one of those names, I'd imagine. It's usually mm-hmm. someone that's not doing a whole lot, but they're still a high-profile name. Okay, that's fair. Like um, when Seth won it last year. 
I hated that. That was predictable. Yeah. That was just I wanted Drew to win it. It usually is though. There's usually like four or five names like this is the fucking these are the guys. Yeah, but like 2017 was awesome and that Randy won and it's like okay, yeah, I didn't see that coming. You know, like there has to be more rumbles like 2012. Sheamus, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like like I'll never forget we're in theaters. Sheamus wins. He's like. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because we all thought Jericho was winning. Like, oh, okay, Jericho's going to eliminate Sheamus. And then Sheamus, and we're like. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Good. Then what happened to Mania? <laughs> the, the, the kiss of death. Oh, forget about that What one. a match. <laughs> it's okay. They made up for it at Extreme Rules. If that match was at Mania, that would have been the best Mania ever. But that's for another day. <laughs> um, so the next match we have at War Games is the first War Games match. is the Undisputed Era. Versus Ciampa, Keith Lee, Djokovic, and to be announced, the mystery partner. Who do you guys think that mystery partner is going to be? It's a tough one. Imagine it's Finn Balor after he wins. He puts himself in the match. That'd be pretty jokes. Pete Dunne doing anything? Uh, right now, he's rumored to be facing Priest and Killian Dane. That would have been my guess. So this is going to be very fun. Is that that's war games for sure though? They have two war games matches. They do, yeah. One woman, one man. Well, either way, I'm going undisputed. Era. Yeah, they ha- yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I think Adam Cole's gonna get the pin there. But uh, yeah, you look at the guys in this match. It's gonna be a fucking mess. It's gonna be awesome. I don't know much about uh, the the Croatian guy. Oh, you'll. Uh, is yeah. he like is he like a powerhouse? Like he's what? a beast. Very big, very athletic. You should watch his series with uh, Keith Lee. They recently had. I think maybe a month ago they did uh, two or three matches. Yeah, he's he's going to be a big game player for sure. Yeah, Keith Lee is um, he is a he's just I don't even know how to put it. He's just someone you look at and it's like, how are you doing that? <laughs> just like with the Viking Raiders when they do those somersaults, they just stand out. And it's just like, how? What are you? How are you doing that? <laughs> I don't know. That for me, that's Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee eventually will have. He'll be a big name as well. But uh, up next we have is uh, the War Games match, the last one. Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Baszler, Shirai, Belair, and Kaylee Ray. Now, who do you think needs the pinfall the most, and who do you think will be the standout? I think we all know how good Io Shirai is. Shayna Baszler's great. I think uh, the breakout here, though, is going to be Candice LeRae. That's just my opinion. I think a lot of people can break out in this kind of match, but uh, we're seeing a new side of Candice, so I kind of like that. Um, I think Rhea in the end will eventually go over. Yeah. I don't know who she's pinning, but uh, I, I just look at her overall beast of a character, the nightmare, and I just, this war games is perfect for her. She's going to wreck havoc, I think, but I can. Uh, I know for a fact we're going to see Io Shirai do a fucking moonsault off the cage. That's That's all I know. Yeah, Rio is going to probably stand out the most, and Shayna's going to get the win for her team. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you guys see the final like people being? Oh, it's yeah. that's not a it's no elimination. That's just oh, open. once they're all in the ring, when they. I don't see Shayna getting the pinfall. I think she'll pin like the weaker of the other team. I don't see her pinning Rhea Ripley because I think that's a match they have planned for the next. Takeover or whatever you're going to call it in January around that weekend. Because then the next night you have that NXT, SmackDown, and Raw tag team. And 
I don't from now going forward, this is like the first one under this new TV deal. We're having Friday the SmackDown, Saturday's NXT, Sunday pay-per-view, Monday Raw. So it's going to be weird how this how the fans react to it because they're all in the same arena for four nights straight. It's like a different thing for them. So it should be interesting. Yeah. Um, how about Survivor Series? This is going to be uh, – for me, this is looking like probably the best Survivor Series card since the one we went to in 2016, and that wasn't even that good of a card. Um, so, <laughs> so the predicted matches right now. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna open it with the triple threat. All the champs. You have Roddy, Shinsuke, and AJ Styles. I know we were taught before we were uh, before the podcast went up air. We were talking about how Shinsuke has barely been on TV through this build. I know there's been a lot of AJ Styles with the OC, which I actually love. They've actually represented Raw, I think, the most in this out of any team, the OC. So um, I really like what they've done with AJ Styles. Do you guys see Shinsuke winning at all? Um, if anything, is there I, – I, to me, I love this match because I think it's unpredictable as hell. I can see all of them winning. Um, but who do you guys think is going to prevail? I think Shinsuke should win, but he's going to take the pinfall after the Undisputed Era and the OC come out and interfere and – Got the best out of them, and AJ's going to get the win, I think. See, I think that happens, and that's why Shinsuke's going to get the win. Because there's going to be so much shenanigans or uh, revolved around that, and then Shinsasha right to the fucking beautiful face of AJ Styles. One, two, three. I just, is Shinsuke still with Sami Zayn? <laughs> yeah. Can you see him coming out? Uh, I think he'll, like, he'll jokingly be there. I don't think he'll be a factor. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, see, again, with Shinsuke, kind of like last year for me against Seth Rollins, he needed the win more than anything, and he just came up short. I think this is kind of the same thing that we're going we're gonna to get again. I think AJ's going to win this just based off name. I mean, they're all great names, but I think AJ Styles, when it's all said and done, it's AJ Styles. So I think when January comes, I think they have bigger plans for him. I mean, I at least hope so now with Brock on Raw. You could finally go with Brock versus AJ full in at like a mania. That's friggin' insane. That'd be awesome. That's both heels though? Or no, I mean like you would probably turn AJ face. I mean, I would. He'd come on. Let's see it the other way around. Surprise me. <laughs> no, I can't now. The OC attacking Paul Heyman. <laughs> Brock doesn't care. He's like, ah, I already got my money. Attack him. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll say AJ wins this. And you guys both say Shinsuke. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about the next one we got is the men's five-on-five traditional. So we don't even know who Team NXT is. That's the beauty of it. They haven't announced shit. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Adam Cole. <laughs> Billy Gunn. All the yeah. new guys. Team yeah. DX. <laughs> Team NXDX. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, so uh, Team Raw is Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Kevin Owens, and Randy Orton. As we all know, he is... The King of Survivor Series matches. You have Team SmackDown, which is Roman Reigns, Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Chad Gable. Um, again, we don't know who, who's on Team NXT. Do you guys see Triple H being involved? Unfortunately, yeah. He should be on the outside cheering on the team. Shawn Michaels with the hat, <laughs> the NXT shirt. Watch from the outside. I got a question for you guys. You guys may laugh. Jinder Mahal is cleared to return. He was the finalist in the first NXT match. Can you see the modern-day Maharaja being on Team NXT? No, just because. <laughs> that is such a stretch. Oh, my God. 
it makes, Pat on the back right there. That was a stretch. It wow. makes sense, obviously, but would the fans really be in on that, especially after how they went about it last time when they tried to push Jinder? I would love it. went over so fucking It'd well. be so it's funny. Three and B teammate on the raw side. It's time for the Maharaja to go after him. He was a guy in, in 3MB, one-on-one, let's go. <laughs> I just want to see Jinder back. He was jokes as hell, especially in the program with, uh, with was it Braun? When it was Kevin Owens and Braun and Jinder was there. Jeez. That was jokes as hell. A year ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Singh brothers. Crash does dummies. <laughs> but yeah, like if there's any like names you guys can think of for Team NXT, who do you think it could be? Like Triple H, Finn Balor... It's Adam like, Cole because yeah, Adam I'm Cole's not even sure. on the show either. I'd imagine it's just like whoever you think the five best are in NXT. Walter. So like Cole, Ciampa, Walter. I would love to see Walter and then just tear shit up because, you know, they, they've had the UK brand on a couple times. Maybe not showcase to their best abilities. So if Walter were to be in there and just fuck up like four people, that would be awesome. Yeah. Also, too, you can't like with NXT, like they got a, a lot of small guys. I don't put them all on the thing, or else it's gonna look like a two hundred five live. So like, put some of the big guys on there. Get Walter and Keith Lee, and then you can add the other little guys, or else it's gonna look funny. Like Randy Orton and Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. They can't have all these little guys getting over on them. You know who I could see Team NXT being, and I'm gonna say it right now: Triple H, Matt Riddle, Adam Cole, Ciampa, and Walter. Ooh. There's your five. I could see the dream in there if he's back. Yeah, he has that star power. It's a big if, though. I'm not sure what that situation is. I definitely would have said Gargano, but he's he's injured. So you just think of yeah. NXT. You think of those guys like Gargano and Dream and yeah, Ciampa and maybe Riddle Cole and Riddle. Cole. Yeah, those are the guys. I, I Triple H will fuck one of them over. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's the funny thing. But who do you guys think will win in the end? SmackDown. I want to say Raw, but I've, I could see SmackDown winning it. You know who I'm gonna say? Team NXT wins. Oh. You got to make that statement right away. That's how you make it. And you know who's going to get the pin for them? Finn Balor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You'd be like, fin- fuck you, Ron Smackdown. You didn't want me? Fuck you. Oof. I'm the best. Who will he pin to finish it? Randy Orton. <laughs> Ricochet. After Orton RKO's him. <laughs> I fucking hate how Ricochet is always in like the final fucking plans of everything. Just fucking get rid of him. Eliminate him right away. I want to see Roman Reigns spear him. Right off the bat. Fuck you. Get out of here. I like how Raw and SmackDown is like a mix of everything. Like they have Ricochet and then Chad Gable. And have Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and then Strowman and Corbin. Like there's, there's a mix of everything. I hate the, te- I hate Team SmackDown. The NXT should do something similar. Have one or two flippy guys and then, <laughs> you know, spread Can you out. imagine like last year talking about Chad Gable? He's going to be a big focal point next year's Survivor Series team. What they That's were doing cr- with him. I mean, no, I, I love that though because like, again, like hey, you have Ollie and chad yeah. gable on a team but like fuck man you have roman and Strowman and corbin they all first of all that all rhymes close to <laughs> rhyming that's just fucking boring and we've seen these three involved with one another for like two years straight and it's like fuck man i can't see you guys being on a team now is that just me like even even with seth and like Seth Drew and Kevin Owens, or Seth and uh, Seth Drew specifically. Seth Drew and Randy Orton all on the same team too. It's like they all tried to kill each other. What? Really? Okay. Even like Kevin Owens. Okay, you you had a hell in the cell match with Seth Rollins before. Okay, (laughs) we'll see. Um, But for me, if anything, if there's anything I got from Raw, I can maybe see Kevin Owens turning his back on Team Raw and aligning with Team NXT. 
It's been there phase, it is. though, for a little bit. Would it be too soon? Uh, all I'm going to say with Kevin Owens is his face turn just fell completely flat right after the Shane O'Mac stuff. I'm just still like holding out hope just because it's KO and he's one of those guys that when his music hits, yeah, he, turks, he, he could turn nothing into something. He's that type of guy. So oh, yeah. I'm not worried, but I'm going to say Team NXT gets the win. Why is The Miz not on Team SmackDown? And Shorty because, G because it's because it's Shorty G. <laughs> That's literally why. It's just, he's going to surprise right. someone. He's going to take out like a Drew. <laughs> God, the people are going to lose their shit. Okay, this is this is actually this is fun. This is fun. Before like, what do you think the biggest surprise will be here? Because remember last year or two years ago when Drew got eliminated like very quickly, and we're like, huh? Or was it? Or it was Joe? Yeah. It was Joe. It was then, Joe. Yeah. It's kind of like okay. So do you think something like that could happen? I think I think a guy like a Strowman has to get eliminated early. I just want to see that. It's like you'll take 14 laps around the ring, shoulder block people. I, I just see one of the NXT guys like eliminating someone big. Like why don't you have like an Adam Cole eliminate like a Roman Reigns? Oh, I think <laughs> I think specifically Chad Gable is gonna eliminate someone big. Like Randy? Anyone big? <laughs> like big Could as in Randy. star power or big as in big? Like, like yeah, star fat. power. Just get, <laughs> could be like a Rollins. You never know. No, he's going the distance. It's Seth fucking Rollins. Well, AJ Styles was supposed to go the distance, and he was the second one eliminated when we were there live. Who also, also Jericho got DQ, like he got DQ'd, and that was hilarious. Like in these kinds of matches, everything's just kind of out the window. Randy Orton wins every year, but then the next eleven months, what's what? The, where the fuck is he? Yeah. <laughs> I want it, okay. I want to either see AJ versus Brock or Randy versus Brock. Oh, they could have done Randy Brock, but they messed up those plans to put Seth freaking Rollins back in there. I just think it's the perfect time now. He's on Raw. Like, this is probably the most invested I've been in Randy in a while. Just just roll with it. But that's me being selfish, so. I want to see Randy and Aleister Black. Ooh. Kind of teased it a little bit. Where the fuck is Aleister Black? He's got Side promos. Yeah. Be in a match. It is possible. Do yeah. something. He may have an injury. Him and Buddy Murphy might be. See, that makes more sense. <laughs> Throwing down. So now, well, we talked about that match a long time. Um, <laughs> the triple threat match with all the tag champs. Oh, Undisputed Era, the New Day, and the Viking Raiders. Who do you guys think wins this one? I'm going to go Viking Raiders on this. Uh... But yeah, this holy shit, this is star-studded. Fuck. This is the match I'm looking forward to. I think oh, this like, is a, yeah, they got history there, the Viking Raiders in the Undisputed Era, and then you throw that uh, the new day, the new day in there. It's that is a fantastic mix. But I think the Viking Raiders just have their number. We saw from NXT. I think they're going to keep that going. They've been uh, squashing people for a little too long, so this would be a significant win for them. I don't see them winning, and the only reason being is I thought they'd win at Saudi, and they got eliminated by the OC. So I feel like they're not all that confident yet on the Viking Raiders if they're just making them face jobbers every week. So I don't know, man. I, f- I feel like the New Day winning this is not, like, so far-fetched because oh, it's the New Day. Far-fetched. So, like, I, I have them winning. I have the New Day winning this one. I know a lot of people – that will probably make a lot of people, like, groan and, oh, my God, why, but – it's fucking it's the new day it's kofi kingston it's biggie they've been one of the best tag teams the last probably actually probably ever 
they've, they've just been amazing for four years and it sucks that Xavier might not ever wrestle again now after this injury he just had but these two guys I'm not worried about it I'm gonna put the new day over here this one could it's like the triple threat this can go either way because you can make Kofi I don't want to see Kofi take a pin if they lose no because no. that would be horrible if they want to repackage them but maybe undisputed era they need one win I think undisputed era pins Biggie after everyone gets their finish on them and make Biggie look strong have the Viking Raiders feud with AOP after and yeah that's the I will put uh, I will put money down on Kofi getting pinned in this match damn wow but like five bucks I will put money down that (laughs) Kofi pins in this match I could just I don't see him as a oh he's a former WWE champ because like after he lost it it was just right back into the tag division so if, if like if they don't care why if they don't see him as that guy why should we see him as that guy so I think he's the easy guy for me to <laughs> to get the pin <laughs> unfortunately yeah okay well we all have different teams that's awesome I'm gonna go with the new day um Becky Lynch Bailey Shayna Baszler I know Becky's had probably the best run any woman's ever had, ever. Um, Shayna Baszler hasn't lost in, what, two years? Uh, and then you have Bailey, fresh off a heel turn. She's reinvented herself. Fuck the hugs. She doesn't want to hug anybody anymore. Um, is it safe to say that Ronda Rousey doesn't make an appearance in this match? Yeah, I think Ronda's going to return, cost Becky, and you'll see Bailey on the outside getting beat down by the other three, and... That's about it. Shayna's going to go back in the ring, pick up the pieces, and pin her. I don't know if it's safe to say, because I haven't seen her in a fucking year, but it would make awesome sense. Yeah. But uh, wouldn't you low-key just want to see Bailey win, just because no yeah. one sees it coming? Yeah. I want to <laughs> see Becky win so everyone fucking boos. <laughs> make Shayna tap out. Because everyone, I think everyone's at that point now where they don't, like, they're, they're, they're done with Becky. Like, they're like, okay, like, we get it. She's the fucking man. She's like, She's okay, we get man. it. Like, she can lose sometimes, too. Like, you, you can lose. When she does, though, it's got to be a very big deal. And it's Shayna. So, and yes. The, yeah, and with that, there I, it I, is. I got Shayna taking this. Yeah, so do I. Easily for me, Shayna. Yeah. But, like, again, don't be surprised if Becky disarms Bailey. Huh? Just like, I just want to see out of nowhere. Like, it's, it's a very long match, and they're all very tired, and they're going at it, and then Bailey out of nowhere. Roll up! Belly to belly off the top, and then quick three. Get the fuck out of there. And it's a triple <laughs> threat, so there's no one can be disqualified. Ronda comes out. Can't be disqualified. Charlotte comes out. <laughs> Can't be disqualified. Like you, can, you can give Bailey the win, but it's to set up something yeah. better down the future. So for me saying Bailey winning, it's not the mo- like the furthest fetched thing out there. Well, the thing that sucks with this match entirely is there's no evolution pay-per-view after this. So, I don't know why. I like yeah, I, I loved it. It was awesome. So you're not really building right after. So they're going to have to keep this shit pending. So that's why I see Ronda coming back. So they can literally build a storyline where it's like, oh, Ronda helped. Uh, so then they could, you know, do the four horsewomen. I think that's going to happen eventually. And uh, I think this is where we're going to see it. I see Ronda coming out and helping Shayna. Even though she doesn't need her help, Shayna's going to win it. Yeah. Next up, we got The Fiend changing the title to blue. Happy Halloween, everyone. He won the belt. That was awesome because Saudi Arabia. And uh, he's taking on Daniel Bryan for the – I was going to say WWE title for the Universal Championship. Can we just name – can we do like a name change? Because it's blue now. I don't want to call it the Universal title. 
The Galaxy <laughs> The SmackDown title? Like, I don't know. Like, the, the Galaxy title. We'll, t- we'll name it that. Ooh, I'm sure that's coming. So yeah. the WWE <laughs> Galaxy title, or the Firefly Funhouse title, yeah. is on the line against Daniel Bryan. And um, it kind of came out of nowhere. It was just like in a backstage segment. The Fiend just attacked Daniel Bryan. The lights turned red. And he's like, what, 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 what? And turns around and there's a fucking <laughs> mandible claw in his mouth. Um, would you say that this is the right choice for um, Bray to start his uh, title reign? Do you think this is the perfect first opponent, Daniel Bryan? Well, uh, yeah, because Daniel Bryan <laughs> could wrestle a fucking broomstick. That'll be amazing. Yeah, but, uh, Bray Wyatt's not a broomstick. He's amazing. So uh, <laughs> look at these two characters and what they've been doing. And, uh, you know, Bryan had a chance to kind of explain himself on Miz TV and still in, like, the heel persona, Ken, and it was... He, did a very good job doing that, which made everyone a little bit more excited for this match if they weren't already. So uh, I got the Fiend winning, but, you know, you look at these two guys, what they've done in the past, this should be amazing. Yeah, like how it's not the yes movement, Daniel Bryan, he's still teasing. Tween, yeah, yeah, that he's not face. He doesn't give a fuck about Maybe not a heel, but it's going to be interesting to see this match. I, I hope it's not a squash because you never know what thumb. But, yeah, the Fiend has to win. I don't see Daniel Bryan getting squashed by any means, but I don't see I don't see him like getting a lot of offense in on, on the fiend. I don't think this is gonna be more than ten minutes. Oh, I see it. Seth beat the hell out of him. Why can't Bryan beat the hell out of him? That was a hell of a so. I don't know. Weapons. I don't know, man. This <laughs> is a hammer. I don't know. I, I feel I, I feel like I feel like they can't do that now because it's a singles match. Like there's not really a lot of stipulation. Wait, you're saying you can't see Bryan hit like seven running knees in a row? Yeah. And then Bray pop up in three minutes, just like. I'll say, I'm not seven. I God, I hope not seven. I'll say like three, not seven. <laughs> How many curb stops did we see? Oh. I just want to forget rough. about that. I don't want to. I don't want to bring that up again. <laughs> Fuck, that was that was embarrassing. I think it'll be uh, regardless of all the weapons and stuff. Is like, this his new thing now? Like seven finishers and he gets no. up. Like it'll be like a similar style kind of thing. Like a Lesnar type he, he thing just now. Just gets the shit beat out of him and then go and then goes back on the rush. Like pops up and and laughs. Uh, his freaky stuff, you guys know. <laughs> I'm all in for Bray Wyatt to hold it for a while, so I'm going with Bray Wyatt here. But I do miss that WWE uh, Daniel Bryan Championship run. That was. A year ago today, was it a year? About a year. He yeah. turned heel. He made history. <laughs> he he low blowed AJ Styles. Um, and then of course, this is probably gonna close the show because it's Bork, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio for the WWE Championship in a no holds barn match. Rey in a no holds barn match with Brock Lesnar in 2019. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. These two guys are still going. Who do you guys uh, do you guys have this being a squash? Do you guys have this being long? What do you? Ha- what do you? Because I know, I know, Alino's all Brock. He's all Brock. <laughs> Brock party right here. <laughs> what does Alino have good. to say? I think this is going to be a long one. Ray, this is a no holds barred, and that little badass with that pipe. When <laughs> 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 you sit on Raw, he's like, Brock, this stipulation works better for me. I'm going to come after you. He's like hitting the pipe on his hand. Charlie Cruz was looking at him like, what the hell is this little guy doing? <laughs> I think we're going to see a different side of Ray because he was he kept on saying the old Ray would have let it slide, but this is the new Ray. He's going to go after him for doing that to Dominic. Brock's going to throw him around the ring. Uh, probably Dominic comes out. Kane Velasquez comes out. Can you think, see a – okay, I know this guy always brings it up for me. Can you see a double turn here? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Ray has a heel, especially now. That might be – The numbers game. The numbers game. 
we saw RVD turn heel. I think it's possible. Anything could happen yeah. after that. I think Ray's <laughs> winning, though. Ray's going to become the new champ. Insert the heel turn right there. I don't have Ray winning, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a typical Brock match. It's going to be very competitive. Ray will, Ray's going to go on a rush where he's going to pick up that pipe. The crowd's going to lose their shit. And he's going to go, go to town on Brock. But, uh, yeah, these two, like, they're both pros. They're very good together. It's been good stuff on Raw. I think Brock's going to come out with the win, but this should be a highlight in the career of Rey Mysterio. Can I be honest with you guys? Is this the most excited you've been, like, uh, moving forward, like, to Mania season with Brock? Because for me, it's probably the most excited I've ever been with Brock. Unfortunately, this could also go in another direction where Seth Rollins manages to squeak his way back. (laughs) And that's when everyone's going to just throw shit in the ring. They thought the WrestleMania match was bad when they thought Brock was leaving. Now, you know he's staying, and they're going to go with that again two years in a row, like they did with Roman. With every single pay-per-view back-to-back, I think it's not going to have the response that they want. So I think Ray going to Mania, Andrade faces Ray for the title. Let's go. It's some fantasy booking right (laughs) there. I still think we're going to see AJ versus Brock for the title at Mania. I wouldn't mind that. I think a part-timer is coming back and everything's getting ruined. Triple H. <laughs> I feel like if if it, if anything, it might, this might be the year where uh, we don't see that. Maybe yeah, if if it if it will be a part timer, it'll be probably The Rock and Cena. If anything, those will be the two names. I think The Rock more for Roman. Like I don't see yeah. him going with Brock and The Rock. Yeah, like like I I feel like they won't be involved later. in the, they won't be involved in the title. I think for the first time in in a while, which is good yeah. for once. But yeah, I've, I'm ex- if Brock holds the belt to Mania, which I think it's like an 80% chance of that happening. I think, yeah, I think AJ Styles is the perfect opponent. Because, like, we've been saying it. We got it at Survivor Series. That was friggin' insane. That was awesome. Um, As long as Brock can keep working with guys, like, you know, smaller guys. He likes it, apparently. Yeah, like, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want – I'd rather see Ray than Seth Rollins. I'd rather see – I'd rather see Ricochet than Seth Rollins. Because, like, he just works better with them. But, again, like, Seth wouldn't be surprised if February rolls around the chamber and he wins, like, the number one contender chamber match or he wins the title or whatever because it is Seth Rollins. He's turned to the new Roman Reigns. Seth does end up getting that spot, though, where it's – we're back to where we were last year. There's going to be a lot of complaints. Let's just say I'm going to turn my back on Seth and align with Bork. Oh, no. (laughs) And he's just been doing good shit. Like yes. he's actually been great. So why not go on Brock's side? The Brock party, bring back the boom bucks. He's always been great. It's just the only argument with him is always oh, he's, he's part time and people want him on the show every week, but that's that's the fucking aura of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. If he was on the show every week. It's you know, not it Brock, wouldn't be yeah. Brock Lesnar. He wouldn't be excited to see that him. world champ. Like that's why with Seth, when he had the title, like kind of fell flat because every feud he was in just seemed to be bad, like pairing Corbin. Then you got Lacey Evans involved. Like, <laughs> oh my God, this is rough. What do you guys think if Ray were to win? Let's say Ray wins. Do you see the reign being long with no. Ray? Because I don't really see it being long. I see him being a transitional champ. It'll be uh, similar to when Kofi wins. I think, or when he won, it'll be like this big fucking hoopla, and yeah, you finally did it, and you beat Brock Lesnar, and it's amazing, you're the champ, and then you'll, you'll lose it in a month. But uh, it'll really just be for the moment for that night. Because if Rey Mysterio were to beat Brock Lesnar, 
no one's giving a shit about how it plays out after. It's just the fact that Rey Mysterio defeated Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I think it'd be like a two-month thing. Retain at TLC, Royal Rumble, maybe retain it there, and then February, I think he would lose it. To Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, yeah. (laughs) To Seth Rollins, he would lose it too. (laughs) Remember when Ray won it and then Cena came back and beat him on Raw? That was probably the most most heelish thing I've ever seen in my life. It was a fun hour. (laughs) It's like, yeah, Ray, you won. Oh, but Cena's back. Oh, hey, Cena. Oh, yeah, you want a match? Okay, yeah, you're going to beat Ray in the main event. Congrats. How do you get cheered the next week after that? That's what boggled my mind. Like, the next week, people were cheering Cena. I'm like... (laughs) What? That's the biggest heel turn I've ever seen in my life. It's like, yeah, I lost the belt. Oh, I'm going to come back the next night. Yeah, okay, I'm going to win it. Is that not a heel thing, though? Like, that that was... That's how he plays it off. Yeah. Yeah. But then Punk came back. Now he's back. we got to talk about that quick. Come on. CM Punk. CM Punk is back in WWE with Fox. Do you guys see him wrestling again? I know that's probably a question that everyone asks. I'll say yes because it's CM Punk. I don't see him not. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, if you get paid enough, you'll do it. It sucks, but it's true. I'll take a few bumps. It's inevitable. He'll come back. Might be word like they'll have to pay a little bit more money. Triple H doesn't have to join the CM Punk Phil Brooks Kiss My Ass Club. And uh, yeah, CM Punk will wrestle again. I think for WWE, maybe at Mania against Daniel Bryan. Ooh, that'd be good. <laughs> fucking main event at Mania. I don't think at any time soon, but I'll never say no just because the fact that he's with the company again just just says anything can happen. So for now, just just kick it on the kick it on the panel, you know, fill the boys in, let everyone know what's going down, it's and then AEW. maybe beat the hell out of Seth Rollins and tell him to stop fucking tweeting me. Pump <laughs> AEW. Is this like a comparable to the New York Knicks missing on every free agent? Because uh, you had CM Punk pretty much like had the, all the star cast. Oh, Phil, you want to come in do a panel? Yeah. And then after. No, we got Jim Ross. We're great. False hope that he's gonna come, and then he goes just to Fox and part of WWE backstage. Like this is like if I'm dumb, I'm like this life sucks. <laughs> I feel like AEW still does not know what's good and what's bad for them. Like, they're looking at their roster, and they really have no idea where the structure is. Like, I know this whole Kenny Omega storyline, it's just him, I guess, going from being the best in the world in New Japan to being basically an underdog in AEW. If you're going to do that, that's great. But you have a lot of guys like Joey Janela, Darby Allin, um, uh, you know, the Lucha the Lucha Bros, the Young Bucks. You have a lot of guys that, like, they bring a lot to the table, but at the same time, you look at them and it's like, there's some things that you do wrong, and I don't think AEW knows that yet. I think Tony Khan is really fresh to all this, and he has no idea, like, what's good for the business and what's bad yet. So I think AEW, I think they have uh, some rocky, uh, rocky roads ahead of them, but obviously, man, they have the talent there to to do it so well uh yeah they're still new obviously so they don't really have an identity so yeah i think everyone's going to give them a pass for a little while if things start to go a little south because they'll be like oh they're just starting out they have all the talent they'll put it together and then we'll start to complain like typical wrestling fans yeah like <laughs> like even like the whole thing with orange cassidy like i don't know if that's good for them or bad for them like i really don't know how a character like that will pan out with a, a with a wrestling promotion like that. That's just kind of wrestling today. You see a lot of those. Yeah, a lot of goofy. Yeah, yeah a lot. Either, you either hate it or you fucking love it. Yeah. So I don't know with AEW. I think they have a lot of uh, 
soul searching to do before you can kind of compare them to wwe so that's my opinion and i'm gonna end the podcast with that so that's episode 56 make sure to fucking listen and uh yeah boom undisputed era let's go